on TBSW episode 122, The Block Con Woman, NY Bad Predictions, Andrew Roberts, Next Level Hoarder, on TBSW 122, stay tuned. And listen. The B-Side Word. We are a group of friends who get together to share our thoughts and opinions on interesting articles. I'm Devin, and I'm here with Emma. Hello. And I'm here with Alexander. We are short. I feel like I'm going to bring some interesting people in. We're short. We're short. Yeah, that didn't. I didn't. I came in too early. My name was too early. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here with. CJ's away. Hang on a sec. I forgot to say. I'm here with Alexander. Ahoy. Yeah. Usually, I, I didn't let him think, reply. CJ's away. Maxie's. A- MIA. MIA. Um, so it's just us three. Probably not coming back. Maybe not, yeah. which is sad. It's sad. Um, Life goes on. Hands up if you've heard of The Block. Yes. Okay, so... Oh, you have? Okay, I was going to give you a bit well, of a rundown. because you don't stop talking about it. <laughs> well, that's right. So the block <laughs> is a, for those that don't know, you basically get given a shell of a massive building or a massive apartment block or whatever, and you have to renovate the entire thing, top to bottom, as a team. And every week you get judged and... You get money, blah, blah, blah. You get money for winning. And it's this big competition, renovation competition. And it's so good. And it's really, it's a big deal in Australia, I feel like. Like a lot of people watch it. Do they? Yes. Yeah, they do. So <laughs> last year's one was really good. Uh, <laughs> and there was some drama around it. Yeah. Which I feel was was talked about. But then it just disappeared. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was big drama. So after you finish your luxury apartment, what happens is they put up the apartments for auction and they always sell over like, you know, a couple mil easily. Now, last year, (laughs) the winning couple, which were Jimmy and Tam, they won because someone bid on their house 4.256 mil. Now, at the time, that's just like, oh, wow, they won. Jimmy and Tam, well done. And by the way, you get an extra 100 grand for winning on top of, oh, I didn't even say. So what happens is you sell your house and then there's a reserve price that the TV show gives you, basically. Anything over the reserve price that you sell for, you get to keep. So you and your partner, whoever, whoever you went on with, the other contestant, get to keep. Anything over the reserve price is yours. And then whoever wins out of everyone, whoever sells for the most, gets an additional. Do you want to addi- start again grand. explaining this? Seems like you're. <laughs> Are you following along? No, I, I got it. You I got, got it? it. I got it. Okay. So they All get right. given they get given a building. They have to renovate it. Then at the end they sell it, and basically the TV show goes, "Look, we bought it for this much, so we're getting this much back when you sell it. Yeah. Any profit on top of that, you get to keep. Yeah. Exactly. And if you win, okay. you get a hundred grand. Mine was just long winded. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to explain that process. <laughs> okay, now, um, so what happened is the winning couple, yeah, 4.256 mil. <sighs> now, 
after that, and everyone, you know, has finished watching and hurrah, that's another year done. Channel 9, who is the channel that airs this show, well, that makes it, creates it, didn't get paid their money. They never got what was owed. The couple never got, I guess, what was owed either, I presume. And so they went investigating. Now, the winning bidder was Emmy's Fake. I don't know how you say the name. I have no idea. I'm sorry. E-M-E-S-E. That's her first name. And it turns out that she is an international con woman. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The bid, this is the bidder. The bidder. The on bidder the yeah. that won. So someone who has nothing to do with the show. Nothing, nothing. to do with the show. Someone okay. turned up. We saw her bid. Like, we were watching it. We were watching it. Like, we watched the final episode with the auctions. She forced. bid. I was forced to. Nah, I mean, I was you, know, you can't deny you like the auction. <laughs> so she's like, you know, 4.2. I think there was only the other person that was involved was a man and he actually bid on all three other homes he was a he was like a yeah do you remember that guy do you remember thing? that guy the bidder that bidder she outbid him yeah but do you remember how he was bidding he was like uh four million four hundred forty four thousand oh yeah four hundred and forty four point yeah. four four cents that but was he his, was, that was legit and yeah. he was acting for clients so yeah. he has clients right <laughs> And she, he won the other three homes for yeah. his clients and she outbid him. So we were like, whoa, okay, Ooh, this chick's got money. Type yeah. And I think they won by quite a while, by quite a lot. Anyway, so show finishes. She doesn't pay. TV crew go, you know, TV start looking into it and go, where's the money? Turns out, yeah, she's an international con woman that had basically done fraudulent bank statements and all this and that showing she'd paid money and everything. And it was a big deal at the time. She's back kind of on, well, she's on pedestrian TV. They've gone looking for her again. Why do you ask? Well, because an ex, <laughs> a disgruntled ex of hers yeah. is not happy because he scammed her as well. And he said, I'm coming out publicly because I do not want anyone else to get scammed by this woman. Mm. I think she stole his um, scuba diving equipment and a watch or something like and that. And his heart. And probably his heart. He's a cryptocurrency, Singaporean wealthy man. Mm. But yeah, he was like, nah. He was probably like, she did this to me. She will not get away with it. Mm. So anyway, a, a little bit about her. So she's Hungarian born. She's t probably 28 or 29 now. Um, she, They found her living in Madeira which is a little Portuguese island in the middle of nowhere, um, going by another name, Abigail. And she she was living in Australia, but she left because uh, of all the people she'd scammed and all the exes. She'd scammed people in Hungary, UK, Costa Rica, Australia. She claims that she consulted for the United Nations. She claims she graduated from University of West London and from Columbia University. She claims she owns her own company named Anakin, which is a consultancy firm that so, so I looked has up all these clients. That Anakin um, has an uh, Instagram page and oh. it has uh, three posts and 56 followers. And uh, I, think the, I think London, because she said that she uh, disbanded it or dissolved it 
but uh, other people saying is uh, London or England revoked it. Oh, yeah, like the license, the licensing, and all that concept of the company. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, she said they it special this company Anakin specializes in counterterrorism, peacekeeping, and cybersecurity. Has clients like Apple and as I said the UN. Um, and she's you know done TED talks and all this. All right. So <laughs> on TED talks on ted.com forward slash TEDx, she actually has a little bio here, a bl- a blurb. And it says, I own my own company, Anakin, a consulting firm, clients including the United Nations, Apple specialized in counter-terrorism, peacekeeping, and cybersecurity. I mean, her lie goes so deep that someone that's so credible in TED believed her. (gasps) So did she actually do the TED Talk? Uh, I started looking for it, but I couldn't find her actual TED Talk. Because she, what would she say? What would she get there and actually say? I think she might. Oh, maybe. Are you saying cyber? Do you think she's actually smart enough to talk the talk? I mean, she's smart enough to fool everyone. I don't know. She said that she's got a, a bachelor of a, a BSc in behavior sciences and a BA in photography. And she- this is all in, on her LinkedIn. Like she's a full on deep level con woman. I just, I think it's just incredible because you hear about con, you hear about con people, right? Con people. But when you see them, like we saw her bid on a property on something that is like a massive TV show. Yeah. It's just wild. It's so wild. Can can we um look up um what her ex boyfriends have said about her? Yeah. So one of them is um that guy, Steve Sagar Selva. Yeah. He's the Singaporean guy. And what he, does he say? Oh, he just showed like letters or she she always airs everything on digital media. Digital media. Is that the right word? Social media. Social media. Mm, digital um, media. And so there was a screenshot of basically him saying, I want my, I know who, he goes, hi, M-E-Z. And then, um, I don't know if that's her name, if that's how you say it. And then brackets Abigail because he knows. I think no. that's her middle name. No, it's not. Yeah, that's what it says on TED Talk. It goes, Emise yeah, Abigail Fake. Go, oh, she went by a different surname. She goes by F- Fuchs. Oh, Fuchs. Oh, she just changed it a little bit. Which is funny because her email address in that letter from him is abigailfox at gmail.com. Oh, really? I like they blurred out gmail.com. Like you can't <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. Um, and he's basically like, I'm giving you however long to give me back my things. Uh, what did they? What did she say? Scuba, scuba diving gear. Oh, uh, so he goes. He goes. Hi, I have noticed that you have blocked me on WhatsApp. This yeah. is my only way of communication. Hence, I'm sending this email with the instruction from the Policia Funcal Senior Carlos, Senora Mendoza. I am demanding my things to be given to me by hand. Capitals. <laughs> By 18th of April, 2020, Sunday, 1800 hours. I'll send you a receipt of confirmation once I've received my belongings in hand, in good condition. These are the list of my belongings. A GoPro 9 camera, valued at 509 euros. And 98 euros. And a diving watch valued at 135 euros. 
failing which I will proceed to file a secondary report under blah, blah, blah. Oh, so not, it's nothing over And then the top. she just said, hi, Steve, I literally just saw your email. My lawyer will contact you tomorrow. <laughs> that was just last month. So he, but he's not the only one. There's uh, heaps. Yeah, I don't have any other articles. But the thing is now, once you've been, she can't go con artist, uh, artisting people now, Why? can she? Well, because she's all over the internet. In Australia uh, and in yeah. the people, people don't. This is very niche, and again, this con woman. People don't verify these things, do they? Yeah, nah. but they'll, she can't use those names then because people will be Googling, especially if they meet online or something. They'll Google their partner probably. Can you tell me any con uh, con men or con women that you know of? don't know. <laughs> My point. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like, you know how people meet online? Yeah. They'll probably input that name in Google and then all this stuff will come up about her. So, do you know something I've never done? What? Is Google Julie and we met online. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people don't. No, 100%. 100% (laughs) they don't. They don't? No. I want to know because this has a good ending. Okay. What? The blocks. uh, Who's the owner of the block? Scotty Cam. No, no. uh, The the apartment that. uh, Jimmy and Tam. The, the good news for this, because most scam stories end up bad. Mm-hmm. The thing is with this story is that Channel 9 um, gave them the 100000 because they won and also gave them the million-dollar profit. Wow. The, this is some other news, right? Mm-hmm. Not really um, exclusive news, but the house hasn't sold yet. Oh, the house is still on the market, but it's um, only invitation. Like you got to. Well, I saw that um, people were say- like people were thinking Scott bought it. Yeah. Um, Scott Cam is the host, and he denies buying it. Um, don't know too much. Channel Nine have shot down rumors that Block Host bought the property, um, but apparently he's he making, said he's not. He'd be making a killing for a host to be able to buy. Oh, he's he's oh, he no, he's top top. He's been on um, yeah. he's been on TV for he, he's years. on multi million dollar deals plus all these sponsorships. Ooh. He's big. So Alexander submitted an article this week, which mm. was basically entitled "Eleven Ridiculously Terrible Predictions Made by the New York Times." The site that this is on is called 11 Points, so I'm guessing they always do 11 of something. Is that right? Uh, maybe. I just figured that I'd, out. I've never, I'd never heard of this before. I just, I'd heard of one of these, one of the predictions that they had made was going a bit viral. Oh. Um, oh. Even though this is a prediction from th- when? What year? 1903 or something? Oh. Oh, that's a long time ago, yeah. So I don't know why. I have no idea why this was going viral. I haven't got a clue. Oh, okay. So I just knew about that. So then I just Googled it and then this article came up and then I was like, oh, they're not just, they didn't just do it once. They're just really (laughs) bad at predictions. So supposedly the New York Times is always bad at predicting things, (laughs) yet they still can continue to predict things. So we'll go through a few things. Everyone is bad at predicting things. I mean, the weatherman is uh, bad at predicting. This is true. No, but Dev, these are some pre... Like, these aren't just <laughs> bad predictions like, oh, my team's going to win the game tonight and then they lose. These are like, 
Well, I, I, hear one. Hear one and you'll understand why these what's, are bad. What's the one that's um, going viral? So the one that's going viral is... I'll read, you the, I'll read you the full quote. Yeah. Hence, if it requires, say, a thousand years to fit for easy flight a bird, which started with rudimentary wings, or 10,000 for one which started with no wings at all, I had to sprout them ab initio. I've no idea what that means. Remember, this is old English. Um, it might be assumed that the flying machine, which will really fly, might be evolved by the combined and continuous effort of mathematicians and m- mechanicians in from 1 million to 10 million years. <laughs> provided, of course, so we can meanwhile eliminate such little drawbacks and embarrassments as the existing relation between weight and strength in inorganic materials. Now, I don't know if it says it in this, but I'm pretty sure this was days before, Emma? Um, so this was just before. Just before. But I think, I think it was literally within days. Yeah. Of the Wright brothers' first successful flight. So they basically <laughs> said it would take one to ten million years one to, to invent ten million fly. years until air travel would be possible. <laughs> Days before. So, so so the guy wrote it and then just went, Yep, that's wrong. And he threw, scrunched the piece of paper and threw it in the bin. <laughs> Wait, but I don't know whether they knew they must have known the Wright brothers were working on this and that but they must have assumed that it wouldn't be possible because they believed that we were millions of years away from I mean, such a thing. Did you say, can you have a look at the Wright brothers first airplane? Yeah, I Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the Wright brothers first airplane. The Wright flyer. Let's look at the image. Yeah. Now, if this is if you saw this, even in today's thing, would you think that could fly? I'd be pretty scared. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't get in it. No, I, I would not get in. in. <laughs> I would not get in it. Especially, they've been pretty brave. Especially, be do you know the Wright brothers before they got into airplanes? What they were into? No. Bicycles. Really. And then into motorbikes. I did not know that. I could maybe be making that up. Um, but. <laughs> motorbikes? <laughs> I could be making that up. Were motorbikes around then? Before the aeroplane? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking? <laughs> do, you, do you think the aeroplane came first? <laughs> okay, motorbikes, 1885. Can you, okay. can you look up the Wright Brothers if they made... Uh, uh, the Wright Brothers began selling their own bikes. The more... They sold the more expensive Van Cleave. Yeah, I did read this right then. Mm, there you go. So, so what I'm trying to get at, if uh, the Wright Brothers are selling these uh, motorcycles or the cycles and they're like, you know what? Let's create a plane. I'd be like, hang on. Hang on a sec, bro. Uh, right, bro. Like uh, these uh, motorcycles we were making have no wings. <laughs> I'll just say I've got an update. It was exactly two months and eight days before, before. the first successful flight. Wow. 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 That is a bad prediction. I wonder if anyone died on testing these 
these first aeroplanes? A hundred percent. Well, what I don't I don't know because oh well not for the ones before the first successful flight because I think I've seen the video of the first successful flight if my my, my memory's tweaking a little bit yeah and it's not like it flew thousands of feet in the air like it got a few feet off the ground for a, for a while and then came down so mm-hmm. and they're not mechanical like there's something that can explode so I don't mm-hmm. know what would kill someone oh yeah. Uh, well, you might they, have broken a bone or something, but... But maybe not, yeah. So it didn't get high, is what you're saying? Yeah, I, I feel like I have image of the video footage in my head. I don't think I'm making it up. Hmm. We're looking at a uh, video of, uh, of the first Wright Brothers plane. Yeah, and it's not that high. Oh, yeah. It's going very slow. Ooh, wrong, wrong it's in the old. field. Yeah. Muddy yeah, field. no, this is the video I've seen. I knew it wasn't crazy. Oh, yeah, that's pretty, like, that's that would be so impressive seeing that at that time. That yeah. would be unfreaking real. Yeah. Like, even the, like. I mean, this is still based off of that simple, that same. Who proposed to fly? I don't know. That would have been outrageous. That would have been uh, like burning at the stake. Like, you know, we, humans can fly. <laughs> blasphemy. I reckon that'd be blasphemy and hang him. Because, like, back then, like, you, you say outrageous stuff, you'd get... Yeah, no, this get... is true. Okay, there's another prediction. 1939. The problem with television is that the people must sit and keep their eyes glued on a screen. The average American family hasn't time for that. (laughs) 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 They predicted it would not be. uh, Who 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 predicted that? What was the author of that? Who who said that? I want to see. It was just published. Just published. The average American hasn't time for it. And then it's got bad predictions about Apple, the iPod, the iPhone. So this is related to the iPod. Apple predictions. Um, one of them was talking about MP3s and the MP3 player market. And said it's a nice feature for Macintosh users, uh, but to the rest of the Windows world, it doesn't make any difference. On the note of MP3s, yeah. obviously they iTunes changed the game to the yeah. point where I'd I'd say iTunes is probably responsible for our current streaming platforms. Because yeah. of the way that they catalogued music and everything. Mm. Um, did you know MP3s are accidentally racist? What? No. Now, is it, it, can you even come up with any way in your head where how this is possible? On what? On which race? I'm trying to think what an MP3 is. Pretty much all. It's, I don't know if it's racist, <laughs> nationalist slash racist slash. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll fill you in. I didn't know. I just became aware of this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um. So MP3s. Wait, MP3 are, is just like a song, but it's that the file format, right? Yeah. Okay. It's the file format. So and then it went part MP4. of that file format is compression. Mm-hmm. So they have to compress the digital media into this file format that then is playable 
for all your devices. And in compressing it, they still have to make sure that the any any lost data in that compression doesn't impact the playing of the music. So they have to play the music to make sure that it still sounds as expected. Yeah. So there was one song which they used to tune the compression of MP3s. Yeah. To verify how good MP3 compression was. And that song is Suzanne Vega's Tom's Diner. The song Tom's Diner. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, the reason this is accidentally nationalist slash racist is because the that song and generally Western world songs of that type use mm-hmm. and leverage certain frequencies in their music, which meant MP3s were really inefficient at dealing mm-hmm. with other frequencies, which are commonly used in lots of other types of music. So it's very selective in what music that compression was actually built for. Yeah. So a lot of other musics, their audio output wasn't, or a lot of other sounds from lots of different cultures around the world, their output on MP3 wasn't, basically it wasn't as good. It didn't compress well. Compared to this type of music. Compared to this type. So, I mean, you'd have to know (laughs) the music to know. But like, it's just this idea that Whenever you so, do something from a technological standpoint, there's always going to be a measuring stick in which you measure things against. So let's say they had picked an African song as the baseline, <laughs> then all African type music would have been would amazing. Sound better, would sound better. <laughs> are, are you talking about this song? Do you know yeah. the song? Alexander, I've, I've definitely heard it. I, I, I can't off the top of my head. I haven't got a clue what it is, but I know I've definitely heard it. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember this song. Are you saying that this song is not is a nationalist song? No, no, no. It's just the frequencies that will be used oh. are just different to what other cultures and nations' music typically would use. I remember this song. Gosh, when was this released? I think uh, it'd be what early two thousands or late nineties. Goodness, that's got nine million views. <laughs> Oh, there you go. This was the first song converted to MP3. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the measure it. This is, uh, I, I still don't get it. It's the measuring it's to stick assess, for the compression it's algorithm. To assess MP3s. and refine the MP3 compression algorithm. Right. Okay. So if it you're was- listening to music right now, you can probably hear the vocalist's slight pitch shifts or hiss of a drummer's hi-hat or the padded thump of the synth bed. But you ever think about what you're not hearing. If you listen to MP3s, your music library lost some of its sonic weight during the audio compression process, but it's likely you've never realized anything was missing. Now you will in here 
in his project, The Ghost in MP3, PhD student Ryan McGuire created a song made from the sounds lost when compressing Susan Vega's 1987 single, Tom's Diner. In this, by the way, this the ghost in the MP3, he uses... Like, this is a video in this, I'll send it to you. He uses those sounds lost to create like a visual of the compression algorithm of of what's lost through the compre- compression algorithm and in that video he recreates the video of tom's diner no oh, way wow. so i'll send you i'll send you the link in whatsapp so you can see what i'm talking about Crazy. Yeah, it's kind of it's a weird thing to wrap your head around, but it's just. So I'm looking at Vimeo. Like, I just find look- I find these things interesting. So we're looking at it. So what we're hearing is all the stuff that's not included. Yeah. Okay. Holy crap. This is alien-like. That's freaky. This is alien-like. <laughs> Wait, look. I've seen a different snippet of it and it gets a lot clearer. Yeah. Oh my! So wait, wait. So the the MP3 gets rid of certain frequencies. Is that yeah. what it does? Oh, they've been suppressing us. <laughs> it's like if you think like, and I I'm saying this. This is just an educated guess. I don't know if this is how it works necessarily. But if you think like a video, and you take a 60 frame per second video and make it into a 30 frame per second video, you're losing. One of Detail. every two frames. Yeah. To the to the watcher, to the viewer, you may not notice. Yeah. Like, you won't notice the difference. You may side by side be able to tell the difference, but you wouldn't notice what frames are missing. Interesting article here. It's about a hoarder. Now, hoarders, I, I mean, I love that show. I'm sure you've all watched them. Some of these people's houses are are crazy, right? Stuff everywhere, floor to ceiling in some places. It's a disease, would you say? It's a disease. It is. Mm. It is. It is a disease. This one lady had to, they had to call the ambulance because she ended up. I think she was sleeping. She would strap herself to the toilet, mm. and that was the only space she could sleep. So she had to strap herself so she she didn't um, fall off. Yeah. But she fell off one time and got stuck because there was just no, like, there was no space. Anyway, I digress. A guy called Andrew Roberts lived in a house in Greenwich in Sydney. He, neighbors called this house the creepy house um, because there was just broken stuff everywhere. Um, Don't look at it yet. Broken stuff everywhere. There was uh, just everything, you know, in and around the house that they could basically see. Now, 
when he got to 60 years old, he died. Yeah. This was back in 2017. So the neighbours basically saw paper piling up, like mail, Mm. and they called the police and said, hey, we're a bit worried about the welfare for this gentleman. Can you go check on him? Mm. So police went, they, you know, kicked down the door, whatever they had to do, and they discovered his body. He he was actually like on top of a live heater and he was badly burnt and decomposing. Oh. So I don't know how he died, whether he fell and tripped on it and couldn't get off. I don't know. Yeah, I hope he wasn't. And, and the smell wasn't how they figured this out? Like, oh. surely that was. I know, I know. They said, the police said it's the worst case of hoarding they'd seen. Like it was just, it was so hard to get into the house. So police, they take away his body. Almost a year later in 2018, they started cleaning up the, the property. So... Cleaners were going through and they made a discovery. Can you guess what that might have been? Another body. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Why do you say that? I don't know. Because you said it's, you painted the picture like it was gruesome. So I'm just guessing. Well, they discovered Shane Snellman. Who? Shane Snellman. Who's that? I'm supposed to know who that is. No. Okay. Oh. He was a person. Mm-hmm. In 2002, he went missing. Yeah. And just a bit of background about him. He was uh, troubled, raised in Catholic convents, um, loads of different homes, uh, in and out of jail. At 15 years old, he killed a homeless man. Oh. Um, anyway, he'd just come out of jail for a, a drug stint. At the age of 39, yeah. he broke into Andrew's home yeah. and Andrew shot him in the neck. Huh. But because oh. Andrew's a hoarder, yeah. he just kept him there oh, he ca- for 15 years. Just in and amongst. Mm-hmm. Like, when, so was, his, was it just like the guy breaks into his house, he's like, oh my God, no, bang. And then, like, where he falls, he's like, oh, no, I, can't, I can't get there. I'm just going to leave him. Or no. did he, like, try and hide the body? He tried to hide the body because oh. he covered him with a rug and basically just left him there. And then around him was, like, 70 cans of air freshener to obviously try and conceal oh, the smell. Geez. Yeah. Um, but they said that he was basically found in, like, a mummified state. Um, That's got to be the laziest way years. to hide someone's body. Well, no one wanted to go in that house, right? No, no but one wanted to. And they couldn't have got there. in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically just covered him in a rug. And then one day he's like, oh, it stinks. Air freshener. And then like, yeah. that ran out and he's like, oh. Another, another one. one. Yeah. <laughs> just kept, exactly just kept right. adding them. That's crazy. That's absolutely. First off, how did he have a gun at hand? <laughs> yeah, because if he's wait, this isn't even funny, by the way. But yeah, it's not funny. I'm but, I'm, I'm actually yeah, curious. Yeah, if he was about, a hoarder and he's got stuff everywhere. Yeah. How he must have had one. He must have had like his one spot, which he always was, wherever that was, and the gun must be like. 
No, Simon, Simon Snail, what's his name? Shane Snailman. Shane Snailman must have been so unlucky for him, for what's his name? Uh, Andrew, Andrew Roberts. Roberts to be at the, the, the place where he hoards his guns and Shane wa- breaks in through that area. Do you know what I mean? No, How much- because let's say typically the hoarders will have one place where they stay, right? Yeah. So if that's the place that he stays... He'll make sure he has his gun always there, right? So but that's the, what I'm the, saying. The Shane guy broke in. He might not have got into that room first. He's probably thinking, what the hell? Where have I broken into? Yeah. And then when he's come across the guy, he gets shot. That's So this is part of where my lack of understanding is, is I've never burgled a house. I don't know necessarily mm-hmm. what the thought process is that goes into it. But I think the moment I open... Or look through the window or open the door, like jimmy my way in, and I see I'm in a hoarder's house. I turn around and leave. Or you think, oh, there could be a lot of gems in this house. A lot of stuff I could get. I'm probably thinking it's a bunch of crap. I think I'm I'm on the side of Alexander saying that it's not a place I would think there's expensive stuff in there. But then... You said this guy has um, mental issues. This was in an affluent area, by the way. Yeah, Greenwich. Greenwich he's, is, he's wealthy, this he's guy. He's wealthy. Do you have any more information about this? I'm just looking. Oh, it showed that Shane Snellman, Snell, had suffered a number of injuries. I don't get hoarding. How does it happen? Emotional it's, baggage. It can be. But how can you have that much emotional baggage like imagine having enough mo- imagine how much stuff you would have to have just to fill your floor up in that room to a foot yeah yeah i can't like I, I, that's I, I an absurd amount of stuff it. yeah and that's so just one wrapped room in an old foot. blanket under a pile of debris like, we're talking people like all the rooms in their house Several feet high. Like I just, I don't think I've owned that much stuff in my entire life. Yeah, like, yeah I feel I like you can't. I feel I like you understand. have to purchase things to hoard, mm. or or just collect like free stuff. The piles of rubbish and junk which fill the home apparently meant Mister Robert's body was removed without anyone noticing Snellman's body. Um. A mobile phone believed to be an older model Nokia will also be examined for clues to Snellman's fate. He died of natural causes, did Roberts. And how come no one, no one, no one called the police? About what? The gunshot. They mustn't have heard it. It his, His house was soundproof from all the hoarding. Oh, because of all the magazines? And sometimes just... you do hear like a bang sound and you go, oh, what was that? Was that a firework? So the guy had one that? of, he had 13 guns, by the way. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying, Emma. Like he, he would have kept them all in one place because it's funny, hoarders, they're, they're somewhat um, organized. Like they know where their stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Not everything, no, because if you watch the hoarder shows, when like the ones where they bring it all out and put it in a big warehouse, yeah. they go, oh my God. Wait, I don't know. The I finding 
The finding that Mr. Snellman had broken into the Greenwich home devastated his estranged sister, Belinda, who yelled, how dare you, at the coroner and said her brother knew Mr. Roberts. What? That is, that's a lot to process. Hold on. So, the estranged sister of Snellman was claimed that Snellman knew Mr. Roberts. Oh, really? Wow. But how an estranged sister would know that? Yeah, because she, I read somewhere she, the sister hadn't spoken to him for decades when they were split up and he, well, he went into the welfare system. So no unless, missing person's so report if, if was ever lodged. So if she knew that, either, even though they were estranged, they may have still had like, I don't know, Facebook or something. Mm. Um, mm. So she knew what was going on. Or he knew Mr. Roberts for that long like it was like a lifelong relationship yeah or she's lying what's do you think it's sad that no missing persons report was ever like no one knew he disappeared because no one i'm getting confused i'm getting confused i don't know i don't understand this is it shane snellman or bruce roberts which one is Bruce Roberts the person that um, got killed? No, he was the one that did no. the killing. He was the hoarder. Snell, He's the Snell hoarder. And it's not Bruce, Snell's it's Andrew who... Roberts. It says Bruce. Every time I put Shane Snell, um, uh, Snellman, Bruce Roberts always comes up to complete this, um, the Google search. What? Uh, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Roberts. The article I'm on says Bruce Roberts. Yeah. Oh. Did you just Andrew? His first name? Oh, Bruce Andrew Roberts. Oh, I was going by his middle name. <laughs> I was going by his. Sorry, Bruce. So it, it it gets deeper now. So they knew each other. Supposedly. supposedly. Wow. There's so many questions, but nothing's coming to my head at the moment. <laughs> Wait. Well, I had thought maybe heard the inquest heard Mr. Roberts had lived in the house of Greendale Street for at least three decades, becoming the registered owner after his mother's death in 1989. He also inherited one million dollars in shares, freeing him of the need to ever work. More than six hundred thousand was in his account when he died. Oh. In contrast, Mr. Stelman endured a transient life, growing up in a boy's home, struggling with drug abuse, being jailed on multiple occasions, dishonesty and property offences. He spent 10 months in jail, age 15, before being acquitted on a homeless man's murder. Oh, he was acquitted. So he was acquitted. His last jailing, a one-year term for drug supply, ended in June 20, 2002. Three days before his last sighting, on October 18th, he withdrew $1, leaving 66 cents in his account. The contrast between the lifestyles of Mr. Roberts and Mr. Snellman and the different locations that they were known to frequent strongly suggested there was no opportunity for them to meet prior to Mr. Snellman's death. Further, given Mr. Roberts' reclusive lifestyle and preference for little to no social interaction, it is most unlikely that Mr. Roberts would have willingly invited Mr. Snellman into his home. The fatal weapon was likely one of the 13 guns found along with the wealth of ammunition at the home. The the finding that Mrs. Snowman had broken into the Grand Home devastated his estranged sister, Belinda, who yelled, how dare you, at the coroner and said her brother knew Mr. Roberts. So everything hmm. points to they had no idea who each other yeah. were, but for yeah. some reason, yeah. the sister. 
is saying they knew said each other. he knew him last last ditch effort to um save his brother's name it sounds like it anyway ah <sighs> yeah see there's there's so That's much a, that like, is an absurd story yeah there's this there's so many um gaps that you can like we can make up our own story but it's just probably unfair because i've got heaps of stories isn't it crazy who you just might not know who's around the corner you don't you don't and it's scary wrapping up another episode of the b-side word episode 122 ended with the discussion of the block con woman new york bad prediction and andrew roberts which is bruce andrew roberts we found out <laughs> later on um the hoarder the next level hoarder mm-hmm. which with a tragic ending uh and uh just to let you guys know the podcast format has changed and stay tuned for the unscripted no the open forum b-side word coming up bye guys bye <laughs> that, was, that was a bit awkward TBSW right. talk. Can you edit that to make it better? Yeah, I can. <laughs>